I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. Welcome back. If you listened to the last episode, we talked a lot about um, being awake, and we talked about a little of how we should be the light of Jesus and and how we go about that and not just being um, put into a spot of the world says this, so we need to do this or we need to act this way so that the the world accepts us, but we need to be the light of Jesus. So, I mean, if you read in Luke 11, verse 33, it says, no one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. And then it goes on to say in uh, verse 34, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. If you are filled with light with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight were filling you with light. What really sticks out to me about that specifically is where it says in verse 35, make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. Oofta, that's a tough pill for me to swallow because we think we have it and we think it's there and we think we have the light of Jesus, but is it actually darkness? Is there actually wickedness in us? Probably, but... Well, and are we just trying to be self-righteous? Yeah, so many times I've caught myself being self-righteous. And then it goes on in 36 to say, if you are filled with light, then there are no dark corners. And then your whole life will be radiant as though a floodlight was filling you with light. I can't say that's always true about me, that there's no dark corners and that my life is always in a place of being radiant as though a floodlight were filling me. That's the goal. And that's obviously what I'm trying to work myself towards. But that's not always my case. And that's where I guess it's important to ask God, hey, God, search my heart. Let me know if there's any way evil things inside of me, anything that is offensive to you. Yeah, and I think we, if you go back, I think we did a a little mini, mini series, I guess you could call it, uh, where we talked about search my heart. and, And I mean, but in all reality, this is something that's like a daily, a daily walk. I mean, obviously... We should be walking daily in in God's word and and what God is telling us. But I think that what Trish is getting at, though, like you know, if there's something wrong inside, and we're we're not aware, we need to be asking God, like, what what is it? What is the the darkness? And and that can sound a little extreme, like you know, darkness, like you're like evil and whatever. But like, I mean, what are those things that are blocking the light from coming through right and those things that are a hindrance in our lives and again you know there's the the self-righteousness or the things that we think are a standard that somebody put in us whether that's a religious leader that we had in the past or somebody that we look up to that has these morals that it's like, are we living up to someone else's standards or are we living up to God's standards? 
One thing that really struck me hard when I was reading in Luke 11 the other day is where he goes on in verse 46, and he's talking to the people who are the religious leaders, the people who are putting out the laws. And he says, yes, said Jesus, what sorrow also awaits you, experts of the religious law, for you crush people with unbearable religious demands, and you never lift a finger to ease the burden. And basically what they were doing is they're putting all these religious demands on on the people, the Pharisees were putting all these religious demands on the people, but they themselves weren't even living up to it. They were being so hypocritical and expecting people to act a certain way when they weren't even willing to do that themselves. Yeah, and if you back up to verse verse 39, it says, Then the Lord said to him, You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Right? So, I mean, again, it's like, you're, you're trying to pretty it up and make it seem like you have this this high moral standard, but in all reality, you know, what's going on the inside that you're covering up, that you're really almost causing people to ignore and not see. And, you know, what are, what is the the trueness behind what you're doing? And when I think of things we can be most hypocritical of as believers, the things that stick out to me are we want the leadership role, but we don't want to serve. Or we want to come across like we're worshiping the Lord, but we're not really worshiping the Lord. We're just putting on a show or we're going to post on social media that, hey, look at all these righteous deeds I did, but really not really. Or here's a, a pretty picture of my open Bible and a cup of coffee. Right. And all they did was just read that one scripture or tithing like here let me dance my way to the offering bucket and let everybody see that I'm putting in a tithe and offering but yet not really you know I just think of all those little things where on the outside we're we're cleaning the cup and we're pretending like hey we got everything in order but really inside we're just evil and wicked and rotten which we are (laughs) that's no doubt about that but it's trying to put out the facade that we have everything together and then we're putting ourselves out there like, hey, look at us. We're the bee's knees. We got it all together. And we're expecting everybody else to live up to something that we ourselves aren't even able to live up to. So there's so much that we need to, you know, look inward and make sure that we're, you know, really, if we want to be the light of Jesus, that we can clean the inside of us, right? And make sure that it's not just these outward things that we're doing to appear that we are good people and things like that. But we need to make sure that we're doing the other things too, right? And so not just showing up and trying to live by moral standards, but doing the things of of helping others and making sure that people are taken care of. And honestly, if we look ahead into Luke, um, Luke 14, uh, starting in verse 25, so like the header in, in my version it says the cost of being a disciple. And there's there's a cost, right? There's a cost of, of living and trying to be the light of Jesus, right? So like, yes, this is addressed as like the disciples of Jesus, as in like the 12, right, that we read about in the Gospels. But this is, uh, this is applicable to us as well, right? So in verse 26, it says, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And, okay, it says hate everyone else, but let's paint the picture, okay? It's not like, 
you're out there and like, oh, I hate you. And like, it, it's throwing bricks <laughs> at people's houses and that kind of stuff. It, it's hating the old, right? And like, not abiding by everyone else, right? So it's not just that literal word hate that we throw around, right? In today's day and age of like, oh, I hate that. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's too really kind of uh, push away those things, those things that you're used to. And um, then it says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And what is interesting, anybody who would have heard this live when Jesus was saying it would have understood this analogy or this statement because what was happening in Rome at that time was when they would punish criminals and they would try to execute people and put people up basically as a representation, hey, you better not go against Rome. They knew that if you did go against Rome, you would be carrying your cross and you would be submitting to the Roman government by carrying that cross. You're saying, Rome has authority over me. I wronged Rome. And so you're picking up your cross and you're coming under the submission of Rome's authority is what that represented in that day and age. And so when this says you pick up your cross and you follow Jesus, what Jesus is saying to the people is that you come under the authority of Jesus. You pick up your cross and you follow after him. So it was that paralleling analogy that he was using to help reach the people he was talking to. And just to touch a little bit more because it's bugging me about the, and you know, hate everyone else. Think of it in this way of like in those days or maybe, maybe even today, right? Maybe you're a new believer and maybe your family, your friends, whatever, don't believe in God or it's a completely different belief, right? Of maybe you were raised one way, but your, your eyes have opened up to something different where, you know, we kind of, I think last summer talked about deconstruction and reconstructing your faith. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's not literally hate them, but it's okay. That was, that was then I really want to follow you, God. And this is what I think I need to do to follow you. So I'm going to not hate the way we use the word hate, but I'm going to say, no, I'm not. Doesn't matter what they say. This is me picking up my cross and following you. Right. And it goes on to say, like, don't begin until you count the cost, right? So, like, don't just go all in and then all of a sudden you're, like, thrown for a loop because you didn't realize it. Like, you know what? Think about it. Yes, God wants you to. But if you're going to be taking drastic measures, you should really think about what you're doing first, mm-hmm. right? And it's just the same. I think they use an analogy. God, uh, Jesus uses the analogy of uh, like builders, right? The construction. Well, that computes today, right? With whether it's construction or business in general, good business men, women calculate what it's going to cost for them to do a job so that when they charge for it, the materials, everything, right? That they, well, for sure that they don't go in the red, but that they can hopefully make a profit, right? So they're counting that cost and we have to count that cost of, uh, for instance, if uh, we talked about Trish last summer went on a trip to Mexico, well, she had to count the cost of like, okay, God, if this is really something I need to do, 
I need to like, okay, what does that mean for Thaddeus and the kids? What does that mean for what's going on at work? The like, cost to go, the cost to miss work. There's a lot of factors that come into play. So it's not just the, oh, I grew up one way and I'm going another way. It's all these different areas. And it's important that we counter costs. So then when, when hard time comes or perse- persecution comes, we hold securely to our faith and we know and we are willing to lay down our lives for our faith and we're willing to have a reputation maybe ruined or have people think differently of us because of our belief in the in Jesus Christ. And I think it's interesting, Thaddeus, because, you know, just today I was studying about Barnabas and how he literally sold everything he had and his land and he gave all the money to the apostles and he laid it at the apostles feet and he tied everything he owns into the kingdom of God. He, he gave it all. And in our, in our culture, when you see people really doing that, like really giving up everything. But when you read in acts, that's what the people did. They, they literally would sell all of their possessions, all their belonging, and they all came together and they all gave and took care of one another. And I think that's so cool. But I love, I love, love, love in verse 34, where it says, Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for soil nor for the manure pile. (laughs) It is thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and should understand. So how salty are you, people? How salty are you? Are you... In your faith, just so salty. And I don't mean salty like in a negative connotation. Like people are like, oh, that's salty. We mean like salty. Like are you a flavor that the Lord loves to taste? Are you are you representing Jesus to the world well? When people are around you and they're getting a taste of Jesus, is it adding a goodness to the flavor of it? Or is it something that people want to spit out of their mouth that's not even fitting for soil or for a manure pile? For me personally, I hope I'm, when I say how salty are you, I mean, I hope I'm flavorful to people who are around me. And when they are around me, they're not like, oh, she's bitter or oh, she's lifeless. But that they, when they're around me, they really hunger for what it is that I have, that I am, I'm going hard after the Lord. And they see that and they're like, wow, I want what she has. That that looks good. And but guys, at the same time, we don't want to be too salty, right? Yeah, you don't want to be too salty, too too much. So you don't want to be flavorless, and you don't want to be too much. But you guys got to know, sometimes I am too salty. Way, way, way too salty. And sometimes I am. Reminds me of when, <laughs> one time when Nehemiah was a baby, I made beef stroganoff, and I accidentally, I mean, I was 22. No, maybe 23 when this happened. I was very young. But I accidentally put in way too much salt. And Thaddeus and I could totally taste it. And it was disgusting. And Nehemiah was like, oh, this is so good. This is the best thing I've ever eaten. So some people like that super salty stuff. But most people don't. It was disgusting. But you also don't want to be that bland, icky stuff either. And But don't get me wrong. There's so many times where I'm too much. And I'm I'm too religious. And I'm too much... 
a, you know, my, I'm a whitewash tomb. My, the outside of my cup is all, all clean and the inside of my cup is filthy or I'm, uh, I'm overly flavorful salt or I'm very bland salt. Like I definitely live in the tension of not always doing <laughs> stuff right. But what I love about what we read earlier about what Jesus said is, you know, he's just saying, stop putting the expectations that you can't even live up to onto other people. And so I hope even in this podcast that our podcast brings you freedom to function and freedom to, yeah, you know what? I, I don't want to be pharmaceutical and I don't want to be living this, this life that I say I'm one thing and I'm not, and I'm, I'm totally hypocritical. I hope it inspires you to be really more genuine with your faith of, you know, what your struggles are and all of that. But then I hope it also inspires you to really want to have a strong faith and a a flavor in your life of faith that is really tasty to others around you and something that is really inspirational and makes people hunger for what it is you have because what you're putting out there for people to taste of and see that the Lord is good is so good that they want and they desire and long for what it is you have. So as we wrap this up, I just think it's important that as you are trying to figure out, you know, how do you be the light of the world? How do you be the the salt, right, of being flavorful. How do you go about it, right? So it's just being authentic and being in the word and being true to what God is telling you, right? And and God might speak to you in different ways. It's not always going to be necessarily through the Bible by just straight up reading it. It might be through worship music. It might be through other music. It might be through a message you hear at church or a podcast, not necessarily ours. It could be just through another brother or sister in Christ, right? That maybe calls something out in your life too. One of those dark areas that needs to be washed away so that you can shine that light through so if you have any questions or thoughts on this that you'd like to get off your chest feel free to reach out to us you can leave a comment on this episode if you're on our website fallenshortpodcast.com or you can send us an email at info at fallenshortpodcast.com and we are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We might not be actively posting there, but feel free if you haven't to follow us and send us a DM if needed. We'd love to pray for you and uh, just be there for you. So until next time, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish and be the salt and light. or maybe you're aspiring to start one. If you are, we'd like to encourage you to check out Blueberry Podcasting for all of your hosting needs. We use Blueberry today, and let me tell you, it's it's real slick. Uh, works with our website just fine on a plugin. So if you use our code Fallen Short, you can get your first month free. So you can go ahead and click that affiliate image link on our website and get started with your podcast.